Just a warning that on this episode, the sound is not as consistent as we would like. We had some issues in the recording room and are working on it for next time. Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching and we wanna share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Life Coaching. This is Noelle flying without John today because I have a very special coach joining us, coach one of our Lumia instructors, Jen Amenti. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Noelle. And I'm delighted to dive into this topic today. Uh, So many of our listeners are coaches, aspiring coaches, and they want to know, how do you do this? (laughs) And so our topic today is a day in the life of a leadership and career coach. That is you. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Tell it's us. an exciting, exciting job. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Give us the, give us the rundown. So first of all, you know, tell us about you as a human. Yes. Um, as a human, I, um, so many things it's, it's always hard to, you know, answer this question in a concise way, but I feel like I really identify as a coach, um, now that I have been working as one for, for many, many years. And um, I also see myself as an educator, as an anti-racist. Um, I am super inspired by nature. Um, I love to be in the world creating and dancing and moving and hiking and, um, you know, being an auntie and a dog mom. Um, I, those are all, all ways in which I define myself. Um, so yeah, I guess Beautiful. that's who I am. <laughs> Beautiful and so much more, but that that's a good primer. So um, tell us about your your coaching practice. What do you do? Who are your clients? My coaching practice uh, consists mostly of educators. Um, I work in school districts. I uh, work with school leaders, um, administrators. I work with instructional coaches. Um, I also work with um, some nonprofit leaders and and their and their um, their teams. And uh, my coaching work, I would say, really is uh, focused on how do we kind of build systems that promote learning, that promote growth and development, that pr- promote inclusion. Um, I really I coach coaches in supporting teachers in changing or growing their classroom practices in service of students. Um, And I really support clients in looking behind their behaviors at um, beliefs and ways of being that are influencing and impacting those behaviors. Um, So when we kind of get into the the beliefs and the ways of being, we can oftentimes find new behaviors to try on. Yeah. And thank you for doing this work. You know, I, some, some, people and, and one person in particular who's very close to me um, is a second grade teacher and I have an almost daily view into what it's like inside um, the Philadelphia school systems where I live and I imagine that from 
the pandemic to George Floyd to the end, is it really ended pandemic? Um, <laughs> your, your working with educators at this intersection is, is truly vital. Um, can you give us a sense of the story of your career trajectory? How did you become this coach? Yeah. Um, well, I started off as a classroom teacher and I spent about, I guess it was 10 years in, in the classroom, uh, K-8, working um, third, fourth, fifth grade mostly. Um, and I was also a school librarian for a few years. And then I decided that I needed to take a little space from teaching and I ended up going uh, to grad school. I was at Teachers College at Columbia for a couple of years and got a degree in the history of education. Um, and when I moved back to California, which is where I'm from, I took a job working as a program consultant and I was uh, doing both instructional coaching um, in a school system and professional development. So that was where my coaching journey really began was um, in schools, in classrooms, working with brand new teachers, teachers in their first and second years of teaching, er, of teaching and then veteran teachers. Um, and so they would be part of a professional development series and, and then we would do coaching work around that. Um, so that's kind of where it all began. And um, gosh, I guess it was in 2018, I was laid off from that position and kind of floundered for a while. <laughs> Wasn't really sure what to do with myself. And I discovered um, Lumia, which was then Journey and uh, the Catalyst program. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, well, I've got all these coaching skills in educational spaces. Maybe I should stretch those out into life coaching. And so that's kind of how I ended up here. Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, you know, thinking about what you shared with us earlier is that the keywords that I picked up on are that you help educators, nonprofits, folks in the educational space, educational coaches with systems that promote certain ways of being and certain behaviors. Can you talk to us a little bit about what these systems are and how they function? Because I think that's a really important piece in connecting the dots around behavioral change. If you're part of a school system, you, especially if you are in a public school system, you are part of a very traditional model of instruction. So um, you have kids divided up by age um, and separated into classrooms. And, um, you know, they operate on things like bell systems and um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of this, uh, the systems that exist in traditional schools today um, are a leftover from the industrial era, right? So they were really about like efficiency and um, like pumping kids through the system. And we know that learning doesn't work that way. They're kind of, these two things are like in direct opposition to each other. So you have teachers in classrooms with student, very diverse groups of students um, and with very diverse needs, 
very diverse experiences. Um, and you have to find a way to create community in that space. And also, um, you know, I guess in some ways, like act against <laughs> these old ways of being that aren't actually ser- serving uh, learning environments that aren't in service of learning environments. Yeah. Um, wow. It, it's, you know, learning the history of the systems that surround us is always so fascinating to me. It's, it's, um, it reminds me of a fish swimming around, not knowing that it's in water. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, in, in my, in my, in my brain, at least in what I perceive of the public's consciousness is like, you're so right. I took for granted that schools operate on a bell system. This is the way it goes. We go to our classroom that's based on age. And I never took the time to think about the fact that this is a leftover system that doesn't actually have a design that supports the work it's supposed to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Like what? we divide kids up by age because that's what we've always done. But is that actually in service of best learning practices? Is that actually meeting their needs? Wow. 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 So therefore, what are some of the outcomes that, that you see with the work that you do and getting people to look at things differently? Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, being a classroom teacher is so complex because there's so many moving parts and there's so many different things that are happening all at once, you know? And so when my work in a lot of ways is supporting the coaches who are supporting the teachers and, uh, you know, coaches are really helping teachers to feel seen in their practice. A lot of times teaching can feel like a closed door experience. Um, you know, you're in your own little bubble. Um, and so it's, it's, it offers connection. It offers, um, safety to explore and try new things without like fear of evaluation or judgment. And, you know, when we, when, teachers are able to feel very vulnerable in their own learning. They're then able to create those environments for students. Mm. So, you know, really what we're wanting to do is create the environment for teachers that we want them to be creating for students. And, um, you know, a lot of that is like helping. I mean, I think because teachers are inundated with so much, um, you know, what does it look like to help them kind of name what's going on, right? Whatever the challenges that they're having to be able to examine the impact of that, whatever that is, whatever that challenge is, who is it impacting? What are the root causes of it? What are their ways of being that, or their patterned responses that are adding to that? Um, and then helping them to access the emotions that come along with that. Teaching is such an emotional job. You know, there's so many um, feelings that come up. And so how do we acknowledge, name, accept, understand our emotions in order to release them so that we can then access our best selves, our wisdom. Um, and from that place, when we're in that good place, we're then able to then create new behaviors, new beliefs, new ways of being. Um, and, and create healthier learning environments. So when I'm working with coaches, it's really about like, 
how do they navigate that work um, with their colleagues, right? Um, it's tricky. <laughs> it's, tr- it's tricky <laughs> to, to say the least. And, you know, something that's coming up for me that I think is um, really beautifully exemplifies the work of coaching is we just took um, an, an identity of a teacher. And in many ways, um, the identity of a teacher is a trope, whether it's from a Norman Rockwell painting or the back to school ads that we see where parents are high-fiving each other. And you really pulled the wool back to say what's really going on, what's really going on inside of a human being that goes to work every day and is tasked with shaping the hearts and minds and giving a a very long chunk of lived experience to the people, little people who are, you know, becoming the next members of our civic society. It's a big job. And I, and what really stood out for me was when you talked about how emotional it is for the folks who, who live and work in these roles, um, you know, that's vital in coaching is, is understanding, separating the idea, the construct, and then really getting down to like, well, what's the lived experience of the human in, in all of this is bringing out the humanity of this work. Um, in Lumia, we have a lot of teachers and we have a lot of, um, folks who ask me on a regular basis, you know, can we bring coach training into school systems? Because it's so very needed. And a question that I have for you um, is, is for, for all of us. Um, so when you come into coach training, you come into coach training as an individual and you're, you're learning these individual skill sets, the ICF code of ethics, the core competencies, asking permission, coaching presence, active listening, and um, it, coaching is actually pretty structured. And what you've done is taking these core coaching skills that represent a communication methodology and apply them to a very complex niche. What was it like for you and and how did you do it? And how do you take your core coaching skills and apply it in this very unique way? Yeah. Um, Well, I will say that, you know, my training started off um, in instructional coaching. So in um, like really looking at behaviors, instructional behaviors and practices. Um, And when I when I shifted into, um, the life coaching training, um, it really expanded and broadened, um, a lot of what, you know, the like very focused way in which I had been coaching. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, I feel like I'm struggling to like tease it out. Noel, honestly, because I feel like at this point, it's like this thing that is just happening. Yes. <laughs> Um, in me. Um, and it's making me think about like being an, an adult teaching a child how to read. And we forget all the little nuanced things that we do as readers because we've been doing for so long and it just becomes part of our practice. Um, but like, we've got to teach kids to like make connections, right. Or like inference. And like, we just do that naturally. So we forget that we have to teach those. Um, so I'm like, that's kind of where my brain is right now. Like, 
I mean, I think some of the core competencies that um, have been really, you know, really, really important in the work that I'm doing, whether I'm with a, with a coach or with a teacher or with a school administrator or a district leader, um, is really trying to listen as deeply as possible and suspend my own experience in schools. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not sure if that like really gets to what you're asking, but, um, you know, like I have my experiences, but those are not, that's, those are just mine. You know, there's millions of experiences across a school system. Um, yeah. and so how am I really, um, hearing what the person is bringing to me and, um, yeah. And, and then getting curious about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I can relate very strongly to what you're saying. This is something I think about often because I teach adults, right? Um, how to coach specifically. And, and I have lived with the world of coaching for 12 years now. And for me, speaking and acting and listening and maintaining presence according to um, ICF coaching methodology has become second nature for me. And so I embody those skills pretty fluidly in my everyday life. And when I have to really peel back and say, well, what did I just do? It's, it's kind of hard to, to put my finger on it. And, and I think what you demonstrated was really valuable is that, you know, how does coaching support folks in their own niche. And it's, it's really in the governance of the self. I was at South by Southwest last, um, October, no March, whenever South by Southwest is. And, um, and I had a really interesting experience. Um, what I was doing was engaging in active listening, as you just shared, I was really, um, suspending my concept of myself. I was really curious about people who were around me and I was listening as hard as I could and, and harnessing my presence. Um, and I had several other women, colleagues, people at my level ask me how I had become so confident. And that, that really caught me off guard. I was like, wow, confident. I, I think like, oh, and, and then I, I, when I got down to it, I was like, Oh, I, I was active listening <laughs> and, and that's what others perceived as me showing up confidently because I had, I guess, suspended the self in yeah. that moment and I was just chill and like really listening. And I was like, Oh, that's so, that's so it, that's so fascinating that that's the way that it, it works. But it, it does, uh, I think, I think it does work that way. Um, so this is so cool. And I, I love your job. I think it's the coolest job. Um, I'm so stoked that, you know, this, this path unfolded for you in this way for folks who are listening who are like, I want to do that. Um, what does a typical day look like for you? Um, well, it is of my own design. So that's really fun. Um, I, you know, typically get up in the morning and do all my self-care routines, walk the dog, listen to a podcast, make my coffee, do the things. And then um, typically I have anywhere from two to five one-on-one coaching calls. Um, and I do those via Zoom. 
Um, so I will, you know, be engaged with, well, I usually take a few minutes, um, prior to getting on with a client to review my, my notes from our last session and, and prepare for, um, getting on call with them. And then I will spend an hour with the client and then afterwards, um, you know, wrap up with any, um, any notes or any, any next steps, things that I need to do. Um, I, what else does my day look like? I mean, there's like the logistical things of answering emails and, um, I'm really trying to get in the practice of like actually writing about my work more. Um, so I'm trying to start a practice of that. Um, on the days that I don't have as many client calls, I might be reading, um, books that are aligned with my work. Um, or listening to a podcast that is aligned or planning a professional development, um, course or workshop. Um, I'm also doing some, you know, I may have a consulting call with a a leader of a program that I'm supporting. Um, and these days I'm also taking classes. So, um, yeah, Lots of things. I think, I think you're describing, you know, the, the dream day of any aspiring coach who wants to work for themselves. Um, how were you able to develop your business and intersect with clients? Um, well, I think the nuts and bolts of my business came with the very last course of my essentials program. Um, there was like a business 10 steps to starting your business course. (laughs) So everyone, this is at Lumia. This is, it works. The process works. I literally like followed that guide to AT, um, you know, developed a logo, developed a name, like did all the things. Um, so sorry, that was the first part of the question you asked me. What was the second part? How, um, how, how have you been able to intersect with clients? How do you find each other? Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, surprisingly, I always thought that I needed to like really market myself. And I have found that at least for now, um, and I am actually going into year, I'm actually in year four right now, but, um, what has happened is it's a lot of, um, connections and networking that I've done throughout my career of people coming back and wanting to work with me or places that I've been in the past that are bringing me in. So it's really been a lot about who I have connected with, stayed connected with, um, worked with, been a colleague of, um, in all those ways. Um, and that's how my clients have come in at this point. Now that I'm in a new state, I'm going to have to do, I'm, I'm starting to think about what that looks like to, to build a presence here because it awesome. will be different. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, thank you for sharing all of that because this is a, a fantastic example of, you know, the fact that there are alternatives to social media and traditional marketing. Um, my own practice hell, my own business has been built word of mouth. Um, and, and I, I swear by it, um, because relationships hold currency for us and, oh, yeah. um, for everything. for everything. And, and especially in coaching, um, when you have a really beautiful niche avenue to share with the world, the people who know you are going to be your best ambassadors. Yeah. 
Absolutely. 100%. So as we're closing out here, um, heralding your work, you know, we know that there are listeners who are going to say, this is definitely for me. Um, what are three things that you think folks could learn or gain from working with you? I mean, something that I, I think, or I hope that that my clients walk away from their work with me is that they feel seen um, and feel heard in whatever it is that they're working on, working through, faced with. Um, I think I really, you know, really like to help folks get behind the behaviors. Um, I know I've said that already, but just, um, I think that that is a huge part of the work. So if there's, you know, things that you've been doing or you're doing that you're just like, oh, this is just not working for me. And I'm, you know, trying to change it and trying to change it. It's just not happening. Um, you know, that's, that's a lot of the exploration that I like to do. And then, um, just like a, a greater sense of how one's personal identity impacts, um, life and work, mm-hmm. um, and, and being able to be in a safe space to explore without judgment, to say whatever you want to say and need to say, um, and, uh, kind of, you know, sort through, grapple with, <laughs> Um, navigate the, comp- the the complexity of who we are as humans. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking like, oh God, I need that. Like, <laughs> I would, that sounds really great. Um, they, so awesome. 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 Um, I'm delighted for you. I, I'm delighted for your clients as well. You know, this is impactful work and, um, you know, thank you for doing it and for showing up in the world as powerfully as you do. Um, thank you for being a part of our Lumia community. You're an asset and I'm, I'm so excited that you're on board with us. Um, where can folks find you? Um, folks can find me at the Um, you can also email me, at Jen at the and if you do go to my website, there is a link there to schedule a free introductory session. Um, you're welcome to sign up and just pick my brain if that would be helpful to you. And I just, you know, I'm so appreciative to be a part of the Lumia community. And I am just so honored every time a new client jumps on board with me. Like it's such... It's such an honor to be let into people's intimate lives and to have them share the you know most vulnerable parts of themselves. So I'm just so grateful that um, I get that opportunity to do that every day. It's really special. Here, 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 here. Um, cheers to you and, and cheers to the work of coaching. Um, Jen, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today and for sharing your wisdom and for talking about what you do. I think that so many folks are going to find it super valuable and maybe get curious about different ways that they can engage um, if they have a background similar to yours. So you are seen and appreciated, my friend. (laughs) Thank you so much, Noelle. I really appreciate you and all that you do for us. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment 
gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.